4: February 7, 2024, coming up on Rollo Martin Unfiltered, streaming live on the Black Star Network. A Mississippi civil rights group says the police in Lexington, Mississippi, constantly harass and abuse black residents in this majority black town. The Justice Department. Is already investigating the CD for discrimination practices. Civil rights groups, uh, the civil rights group Julian, uh, joined, Joan um Donald Jonas on the show, the founder will be right here to explain their lawsuit. Georgia DA Fanny Willis continues to dodge MAGA bullets since charging Donald Trump and his cronies. I'll talk to an attorney who walk us through the hurdles Willis must clear. To continue the prosecution Senate Republicans have blocked the border Ukraine Israel funding bill. And Republican Senator James Lanford guess what says his life was threatened for his attempt to reach a border deal with Democrats will also continue reflecting on the Flint water crisis by looking uh, at uh, how much attorneys are getting from the lawsuits they filed for those affected the most. It's time to bring the funk. I'm rolling my filter on the Blackstone Network, let's go.
5: He's got it.
3: whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact to find. And when it breaks, he's right on top. And it's rolling.
4: A Mississippi town that is 80 percent black, they are under investigation by the Department of Justice uh, for the harassment of black residents. Now they've been hit with a discrimination lawsuit claiming the police department harasses and abuses black residents. This is the same town where the former police chief Sam Dobbins bragged in an audio recording about how many black people he killed in the line of duty. Jill Collin Jefferson is founder of Julia, the organization that filed the lawsuit. Uh, She joins us now from Holmes County, Mississippi. Uh, Jill was arrested and ultimately convicted of three misdemeanors for filing a 2020-23 traffic stop uh, by Lexington Police. And so uh, you know exactly what that uh, is like living there and being harassed by cops.
6: Yes, yes. So. Thank you so much for having me, Roland. Um, I do not live in Holmes County. I am from Mississippi, though. And what I can tell you is that this community has gone through pure hell over the last few years with the former police chief that you just talked about and with the current police chief. And that hell has not stopped, even though DOJ is there investigating.
4: So again, how long has this been going on? How far back?
6: Yeah, so this started around July of 2021, the harassment. That's when Sam Dobbins became chief of police in Lexington. Um, And when he became chief of police, he basically ushered in just this incredibly racist and abusive regime where uh, the police just started beating Black people uh, for no reason, falsely arresting Black people. It just became, honestly, awful. You know, it's it became a, a situation of just martial law, and that is what is going on there today.
4: Uh, and so, um, have other I mean, have other residents complained? Have there been other lawsuits? And what the hell has the state done? <laughs> Sorry to laugh, but the
6: state. <laughs> Tate Reeves has not done a thing. Um, We reached out to him. You know, he has done nothing, he has not returned our calls. He's not returned our emails. Um, You know, so at this point, there are at least five lawsuits that have been filed against Lexington. Julian filed the first lawsuit in July, well, actually in August of 2022. And then we just filed another lawsuit a couple of weeks ago, a much bigger lawsuit. The residents have been complaining constantly, and the city has been ignoring their complaints. You know, there, there's actually a complaint form that residents can fill out at City Hall to address their complaints with the police. And what's been happening as well is that the city's basically been telling them, hey, we don't even have any, any, we don't have a complaint form to give you. So people have no way of even complaining about it at this point. Those are the links that the city government is going to, to just ignore the black citizens. This is a predominantly black town that is run by a white minority.
4: Wow, that is absolutely crazy. So, um... You were city council there. Is what's the, what what is majority black city council? It is. It's the board of aldermen is
6: majority black. Um <laughs> the situation, it makes no sense, but I can tell you that. You know, the people who are on the board of aldermen, so first off, Lexington is in Holmes County, which is the second poorest county in the country. These are some of the poorest Black people in the United States. And so it is not very hard for the wealthy white power structure to, you know, pace somebody to run, you know, and and fund their campaign and make sure they get elected. And then basically that black person is their puppet throughout their term. That is what has happened with the board of aldermen.
4: So you've got a majority black board of aldermen, a white police chief, attacking, harassing, abusing black people, and he still has a job.
6: (laughs) So the police chief is now black.
4: Okay, so this guy we talked about the previous, so the the current, so wait a minute. So the current police chief is black, but the abuse is still going on?
6: Yes, yes. So this police chief was the former police chief second in command. You know, he is just as corrupt. He was helping the former police chief carry out all the abuses that they were carrying out on black people. And when he became chief, he just continued that.
4: Wow. Wow. So the lawsuit that y'all have filed is a federal lawsuit or state lawsuit?
6: It is a federal lawsuit, and it is the biggest lawsuit against Lexington to date. We have about 20 plaintiffs. We have claims that range from excessive force because of the police just beating people. Um, Our lead plaintiff, Leroy Seacrest, this man actually intervened when LPD was beating somebody else, a mentally handicapped young woman. They were beating her on the side of the road. Mr. Seacrest intervened. A couple of days later, the police arrest Mr. Seacrest's son at the basketball court, and they did this in order to lure Mr. Seacrest. He goes to the basketball court to check on his son, and when he gets there, the police beat him up and arrest him <laughs> because he had it, because he had intervened when they were beating somebody else just a couple of days earlier.
4: Wow, that is uh, absolutely. Uh, insane. Well, uh, glad that um, y'all are on the case. And so certainly we'll be following this story to see uh, what happens next.
6: Thank you so much, Roland.
4: All right. Um, again, this is just beyond crazy. Uh, my panel, uh, we have, of course, uh, joining us today, Scott Bolden, uh, attorney here in D.C., former chair of the National Bar Association PAC. Uh, also, uh, Rebecca Carruthers, uh, of course, uh, vice president for Fair Election Center out of D.C. Scott, uh, I will um, go to you first. I mean, when you, when you hear this, and again, DOJ comes in and we've had all of these different stories. Uh, It's absolutely insane. And unfortunately, you know, I think back to Ferguson, 67% black and the things that were happening there. A lot of these places, again, you you have, you know, majority black population uh, and it's like, really? Yeah, but you you keep presuming
7: and me and others presume that because the melanin in our skin that somehow friendship is kinship, and it just isn't. And so you have the, the, for lack of a better word, the house Negro doing the slave masters begging the 2023 version of it, at least according to what your, your last guest said. But Roland, you could go around this country and find smaller communities where white power structures are in place, or even black people, and the police are abusing their citizens. When you are the least and the lost and the left out, as Marion Barry used to say, when you have poverty of the mind and lack of education, it's easy. It's easy to abuse. And if you don't have a defender or you don't have one with courage in the power structure or the council or the mayor or even in the police department to stand up for those folks and their rights, yeah, what you just heard is easy. You could go to each state in this union and find a smaller uh, population like that, and I promise you, you'd find those same abuses. And the lawsuits are the first step, but now you've got to find, make sure the judiciary is gonna give you a fair shake. Because when people become hopeless and helpless and don't believe that there is a way to right these wrongs, what do they do? They just accept it. Even though the fight is, is, is on, they get tired of fighting. And again, remember, you know, this is uh, justice, fairness, and and in and America if you will but we're just not there yet we're just not there yet
4: yeah and that's and and, and the thing is uh you know we, th- there are people rebecca who believe hey we can't do anything but again like we talk about with ferguson whether he no you can you actually are the majority <laughs> you can throw people out you can put people yeah. in who do the right thing And this is why we constantly say on this show to people, stop believing you don't have power. This is why I absolutely reject people who say crap like, oh, voting does nothing. Voting means nothing. You're right. Voting does nothing and means nothing if your ass don't vote.
8: (laughs) Well, you know, to Scott's <laughs> point, it sounds like the black police chief is really Django.
4: Um, he doesn't like he's <laughs> right. actually someone who's supportive of no, the no, Black No, 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 no. If that's how the black police chief, he ain't Django, he's Steven. Yes, right. thank you.
8: He's stupid. Stephen. <laughs> He's Stephen um, <laughs> in this analogy. Thank you for that, Roland. So, look, the, the thing is, yes, there is power um, that the folks in Lexington have. Um, you know, when I think about some of the work that Black Voters Matter did in North Carolina, where they went into predominantly Black towns that had all-white representatives, and they were able to do some basic community organizing and get Black electeds um, in position. But also, it's not good enough just to have someone with a Black face um, in positions of power in smaller towns like Lexington, but actually having people who actually have the community's values and that they're actually going to support and fund and put resources behind the values of the community. Um, to terrorize um, this area of poor Black folks um, simply is not—is um, uh, not acceptable, whether it's white folks doing it or it's Black folks <laughs> who are doing it to uphold um, white supremacy. one thing that I do want to say and do note, not to be flippant, yes, it is real easy in a small town like this um, to um, find a candidate, run a candidate um, with little to no money. That's pretty simple. Um, That's basic um, organizing 101. But to address the mental state and the terror that many of these Black residents have undergone by being under Mm -hmm. such harsh um, regime, you know, I I want to note that as well. Because any time that we talk about building Black power, there is also—like, like you've outlined in your book, White Fear, there is white backlash. And so as we're Mm -hmm. figuring out how to build back Black power, especially in these small, rural Southern towns, we also have to think about how do we protect the Black folks in that town while that transition of power is occurring?
4: Uh, Absolutely. All right, folks. Hold tight one second. Got to go to break. We come back more on Roland Martin Unfiltered, uh, including talking about what's happening in Flint, where lawyers there are making a ton of money off of a class action lawsuit. What are the residents getting? Also, uh, we will uh, talk about Republicans in Congress. Talk about whining and complaining about the border. And then when you have an opportunity to fix it, mm, you don't do it because Donald Trump told you not to. We'll talk about that as well. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Blackstone Network.
8: On the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach.
6: The wealth gap has literally not
8: changed in over... 50 years according to the Federal Reserve. On the next Get Wealthy, I'm excited to chat with Jim Castleberry, CEO of Known Holdings. They have created a platform, an ecosystem, to bring resources to Blacks and people of color so they can scale their business.
0: Even though we've had several examples of um, African Americans and other people of color being able to be successful, we still aren't seeing the mass level of us being lifted
8: up. That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star
9: Network. For the last 15 or maybe 16 years, 18 years I'll say, since I, when I moved to LA, I hadn't had a break. I hadn't had a vacation. I've been a week vacation here Right. This year, after I got finished doing Queen Sugar and we wrapped it up, because I knew I had two TV shows come on at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna take a little break. So I've been on break for the first time and I can afford
2: it, praise God. you know what I'm saying? Right, right, so I can afford it and I'm like, I can right. sit
9: back and ain't got nothing to worry about,
4: man. But this was the first time in almost in, in two decades wow. that I've actually had time to sit back wow. and, and, and smell the roses.
9: <laughs>
6: Trudy Proud on The Proud
7: Family. I am Tommy Davidson. I play Oscar on Proud
6: Family Louder and Proud. Hi, I'm Joe Marie Payton, voice of Sugar Mama on Disney's Louder and Proud of Disney Plus. And I'm with Roland Martin on Unfiltered.
4: Republicans, they're trying to find anything to discredit Fulton County D.A. Fonnie Willis. Of course, Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade, Nathan Wade, one of the top prosecutors in the Georgia election interference case against Donald Trump and 18 others, they're gonna have to testify at an upcoming evidentiary hearing set to examine allegations that they were involved in an improper relationship while investigating Donald Trump. Willis acknowledged the relationship, but said it did not influence the case. Georgia Republicans are figuring out how they can try to impeach the prosecutor. In fact, the state is also launching a committee to investigate Fannie Willis. Joining me now, Belan, to discuss all of this uh, uh, that Willis is facing is attorney J. Edward Shipp. So, attorney Shipp, glad to have you here. First of all, do you do any business with the Georgia DA's office?
2: So I've had a couple of cases in front of the Georgia DA's office. To be honest with you, uh, Mr. Martin.
4: Okay. So, but but you you don't you don't you, you're not like a special prosecutor, or whatever. So just want to establish that. Here's, no, we will not have that. So so here's the first thing, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it, um, Fonnie Willis. It was dumb to pick somebody she's having a relationship with to be on the team. I'm going to say that. Bottom line, anybody knows that this is a high-level case that everybody's paying attention to. What you do in cases like this, you want to be above board. You don't want there to be any sort of uh, anything that can get in the way of this. And the reality is, her decision to pick Nathan Wade, in my estimation— is the reason we even having all these conversations, and this is a screw up on her part, because none of these discussions would be happening if she, she, did, not, if she uh, did not pick him. Be involved with whoever you want to be involved with, but the moment you bring your relationship to work, it's
2: a problem. Your thoughts? All right, so I will agree with you. Yes, this is one of those.
10: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury
2: cases, whereas you have to be on your P's and Q's to make sure that any uh, semblance of impartiality or anything like that cannot be brought up. And yes, there was a mistake in this, in which she did bring her uh, partner to work with her. But again, we have to be mindful of the fact that this black woman is basically being singled out for these things just to muddy the waters. It's not necessarily a situation of any of this being a um, detriment to Roman's constitutional rights. There's no uh, detriment to former President Trump's constitutional rights. All it is is his attorneys are trying—Roman's attorneys are trying to do whatever they can to muddy the waters. And now you have Steve Sadow, who's come in, joined in on this motion, bringing up the fact that she talked about it in church, one of our own beloved institutions in which we can normally bring our grievances to the altar. Who is this Steve dude, who is this? Okay, so Steve Satow is a local Atlanta attorney. He's representing uh, Donald Trump in this particular matter. And that's who's his attorney for his Georgia case. Got it, got it. So, but let's be clear,
4: you're an attorney, Look, yes. you do what you got to do to try to get your client off. So, I mean, the bottom line is that's, that's what you do. Um, so, so again, I think there's a difference between being rightfully critical of the actions of Fonnie Willis, separate mm-hmm. from I think it's utterly ridiculous— the Republicans in Georgia are creating this committee. You've got to to investigate her. Now you've got Republicans in Congress trying to subpoena her to come testify as well. Uh, And so what you really have here are outside of the attorneys for those who have been indicted, what you really have are people on the outside trying to do all they can to get Donald Trump and his followers off from being uh, being going to trial in this case. That's what's going on.
2: I would agree with you. You know, you have Jim Jordan who came and tried to subpoena her when this first started, and he was saying, you know, I want to see what's going on in this investigation, and she let him know, you cannot interfere in this investigation. So, yes, I do understand your point and your point of contention in which, yes, it was a boneheaded move, and now you have all this scrutiny on it. But at the very bottom line, for those of us in the know, you, I, other attorneys, people who actually know what's going on, we see that none of this has any substance. It's just basically a sideshow, a soap opera sideshow to say, pay attention to this. He's guilty of sin, but pay attention to this. This is what you need to focus on. They stole the taxpayers' money, they did all of this. All of these things that have nothing to do with whether or not their client is innocent or guilt.
4: Um, and look, I, I I just think that again, what you don't wanna do is you don't wanna create uh, any of the drama that, that takes away from the attention on the case. Uh, that's exactly what happened here. Now she has to, now at the end of the day, her actions uh, are causing all of this and you gotta just deal with it uh, as, as, uh, as it is dealt. So you're gonna have to now go through it now because of bad decisions.
2: Yes, sir. That, that's correct. I, I can't disagree with you on that one, man. <laughs>
4: uh, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, again, we'll be watching this. Uh, and look, I don't think, uh, it, first of all, it's nonsensical to think that because they had a relationship that you should be throwing all the charges out, uh, but right. it is causing unnecessary delays in the trial. Final comment, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. No, nope, go ahead, so with your final comment? Go ahead.
2: Oh, final comment. So I just... I look at this and I see everything as far as, like you said, they're trying whatever they can to throw it at the wall to see what may stick. They're saying, well, she did this, it was unconstitutional, he shouldn't have been sworn in. All of these things that have gone before a judge before, and the judge said, no, it's not something that is going to make this case go away. So to continue to try it and to to continue to try and muddy those waters. That's exactly what they're doing. I hate to see it. I hate that she's going through it, but this is something of her own machination So we got to deal with it.
4: <laughs> All right, Ben. Uh, attorney uh, Ship, appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Scott, I want to go to you. Um, and I've seen a lot of people talk about this here. And look, this ain't got nothing to do with uh, attacking a black woman, attacking a woman, whatever. No. Bonnie made a dumb decision, should have thought about this, should have seen this through, uh, and she has brought this on by picking her lover as one of the top prosecutors on arguably one of the most high-profile cases in the country. Just, It's like, what were you thinking? How did you
7: think that you were going to hide this? From the public or the media, but more importantly, the uh, defense counsel. Whether it was innuendo, whether it was scuttlebutt, hearsay, what, what? You are prosecuting, this is gonna be the trial of the, the century, of two centuries. You're prosecuting a former president who's running for office. You could not have
4: thought that this wasn't relevant, or right. was appropriate, or material. I mean, you no, I mean no president in American history has, no former president in American history has been indicted. Right. He's and now, then, he, now he has four cases. You're one of the four. You arguably have the strongest case. Exactly. And 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 look,
7: you know, I love the butt for test, right? But for her appointing her paramour, who has questionable experience in political corruption cases, that's another part that is raising eyebrows, which is why you get investigated, has questionable experience from a white-collar criminal defense standpoint, and he's, he's one of the lead prosecutors in this type of high-profile trial. Why would you put him in that place? You can love him. You can do whatever you want with him. But he doesn't have to be on—he doesn't have to be the lead prosecutor because he's got good judgment or because he's a smart attorney. That's the other reason why she's being investigated. But you could not have thought that you this was gonna be hidden. Now, I right, grant, granted, it's a distraction, but you drove this distraction with a poor judgment decision. And I consider Farnia uh, a friend of mine, I've raised money for recently within the last six months and stuff. It's very disappointing. Now, lastly, for your listening audience, when they go to investigate you, it's triggered all these investigations which probably ultimately aren't going to find anything unless the political uh, decisions are made, and they, they will be. But now you've got these investigations. And you don't want regulators or the FBI or anyone to start investigating you, especially if you're black or brown, because while they may not find anything wrong with this appointment and the money and the relationship, they may find other things, right? Prosecutions and investigations are about discretion right? The IRS can look at your tax return and say, in their discretion, okay, we're going to treat this civilly. Another prosecutor or IRS agent could look at it and treat it as a criminal offense simply because they have uh, discretion. This is a very dangerous position for her to be in. And then lastly, she won't recuse herself. She won't uh, throw her paramour off the case. He should step down. And then lastly, this is even more important, that she put him on this case when he's in the middle of a divorce, which meant she was a witness to their divorce, perhaps. But that's another parallel civil proceeding whereby she was subpoenaed, could have been subpoenaed before all this came out. They settled that case, but they delayed in getting this off the front pages. And you know how to get it off the front pages make it go away, have him resign from the prosecution team. She may or may not recuse herself. But you got to do damage control once you make poor decisions like this. And none of that's occurred or it's not occurred in a timely fashion. That would be my best
4: advice to
0: her Uh,
4: and her team right now. I I, I saw you shaking your head, uh, Rebecca.
8: You know, oh, in the past, I've done, I've done crisis um, management for elected officials, and there's many boneheaded things that I've seen. Um, you know, I'm going to give a piece of advice out for listeners and especially for elected officials who are watching this. If you are involved in something that's high stakes— i.e., you're a prosecutor, and you are prosecuting a um, high-profile case, if you're running in a competitive election, something to consider is that your opponents probably have you on some, under some type of surveillance. They're watching where you go, what's your normal patterns, exactly. who's going in yep. and out of your home. And you need yep. to know that. So, for Fannie Willis to be prosecuting the former president of the United States, Arguably, she's the only person that's standing between him and the Oval Office again is this particular case. So she should have known... Anything that she does in her personal or her professional life was now going to be under scrutiny. And think yes. about who, who all of um, Trump's allies are. He has allies domestic, and he has allies internationally. When we even look at what happened in 2016, what even happened in 2020, with the allegations of Russia and other countries helping to support his presidency. So she had to have known or should have known that all of those sor- all of those forces and resources behind Trump, would also turn towards her. And so she should have lived in such a way to be above any type of reproof of understanding, hey, you're in the big leagues now. It's just not good enough to show up in a power suit, have your hair done, you know, be in front of the media. Um, but But this is high stakes.
4: This this isn't just you know <laughs> yeah, for her career, but it's like, arguably for the presidency. Your go first of all, dude used to be in the Oval Office. He's running for president right now. Okay, he is the Republican leader. The entire Republican apparatus is coming after you. You. This is where you sit here and you say, everybody who's on the team, ain't nobody with a tax lien. Right. Every- exactly. First of all. You vet every person on your team. You say, ain't nobody related, ain't nobody screwing, everybody's taxes are up to date, you have paid your water bill, you have paid your light bill, you have not attended any fundraisers, you don't give the campaign. You have a squeaky clean team because, and again, I am not an attorney, but I'm smart enough to say, we can't give them anything to question. That's right.
7: That's right. And Roland, you know what? I tell you, um, I, I would supplement Friendly Amendment to my colleague. Self-investigate yourself. Yes. I know that's a double, double, uh, double whatever. Forgive me. Self-investigate yourself because. I ran for office in 2006. I did a self investigation. I had private investigators investigate me and
4: give me your report because it's and this is even worse. But, but, but Scott, 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 Scott that. people who run for office, they yeah, literally they hire people to say that's right. Your job is to do opposition research. You go On investigate me. me and you that's right. and you bring me to file. That's of right. The stuff that they gonna use against me. That's right. One of the first things is, who you're sleeping with? Roland,
8: (laughs) I sat down with a candidate who was an elected official (laughs) who was running for Congress. And, and running for Congress, he was running for a very competitive seat, which impacted which party Democrats and Republicans were actually going to c- control um, the House. And one of the things, I sat down with him and his wife, and I told him, hey, you, candidate, if you currently are having an affair. You got to keep whatever it is that you're doing right now. You have to keep up whatever it is that you're doing. Don't change anything for the next nine months because we're in the big leagues now. I sat with him and his wife and explained that. I don't care what y'all do inside the four walls of your house, but as soon as it goes outside of the house, now that impacts me, that impacts the campaign. So one thing that I tell these people in these particular positions is you got to fight like this because they are coming after you, because the easiest way to defeat this case is to break down Fani and to break down Nathan. Um, just like my colleague said, fire him. You don't need Nathan. Nathan's billing right. the most out of the entire team. So at this point, he kind of is dead weight, and he doesn't even have the credentials or the background to be your um, number one biller on this type of a case in terms of billable hours. So at this point, cut bait and like what um, Scott said, Makes sense if she did step back because this case is strong enough that any competent (laughs) prosecutor can
4: move it forward. So don't jeopardize this case. Let me tell y'all something. That was a dude named Cal Cunningham who was the Democratic nominee for the United States Senate out of North Carolina. Cal Cunningham was leading Tom Willis around three or four points. Then all of a sudden, what happened? The news came out that Cal that Cal Cunningham was having was having an affair, and uh somehow the signal messages got out. Now, and text messages, but now here's the whole deal. Okay, Signal is an encrypted app. Mm-hmm. It's phone to phone. So the only way any, you can't, you literally, you can't you can't tap into signal, okay? I have it on my phone. So the only way a signal message got out is either you took a screenshot and saved it, or somebody else did, or the person you're talking to didn't put disappearing messages, and they left everything on there and took their phone into a store or whatever mm-hmm. they and somebody saw it. That's the only way, that's the only way. Yeah. This, this this fool, he does this here and then what happens? boom, numbers go down. He ends up losing because oh. of that. If you are Fonnie Willis, you have to you say no, nothing and you're absolutely right. It's like like right now. so she I saw the story. she's now trying to squash the subpoenas. Uh, this came out um, breaking Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis moves to quash... Uh, hold on one second. I'm gonna pull this tweet up. Um, give me a second. Here we go. Um, Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis moves to quash subpoenas to testify that was served her and several members of her staff ahead of February 15th hearing on whether she was, should be disqualified from the prosecuting <laughs> Trump and others. Um, additionally, the DA moves to quash a subpoena served on Nathan Wade's former law partner Come on, y'all. Go to my iPad. Thank you. Um, <laughs> sir, Nathan Wade's former law partner, Terrence Bradley, as well as a subpoena for the production of Wade's financial information from Sonova's Bank. All right. This is real simple. You're Fonny Willis. You have been publicly saying to people, no, our relationship began before we began the investigation. You know what you just now opened up? we now going to call all staffers and others and ask them did you see the two of them kiss did you see the two of them holding hands did you see the two of them have any interaction before the investigation starts if one of them says now the trump people have already put out uh, that now again, this is opposition lawyers. They do this all the time. But the Trump fo- lawyers are claiming they have two witnesses who claim uh, they were together before, the, uh, before uh, after uh, this whole thing started. I mean, it's all sorts. But again, Fani, you created all of this, and you're absolutely right. Go to him and say, "Say, man, you my lover. Hey." Things are great between us. But you off this case. Right. You're off the Deuces. case. So Deuces. To, to sit here and still be fighting to keep your man on the case, and he's been paid in excess of $650,000. They are using that against you. So the, So the story no longer is about the case, no longer about the actions of Trump. Now, you have now focused all of the attention. And guess what? In your mind, Fonnie Willis might think, hey, we can beat this thing. But you are creating the distraction. And when you are the prosecutor, the DA, what do you tell your entire team? Don't be a distraction. Don't go out and get a DUI. Don't go out and sit here and slap your girlfriend around in public. Don't sit here and cuss out somebody at the store because you become the story and not the case. But, Roland, one last,
7: one other point, though that we haven't talked about. This plays into Trump's hand of delay. Yes. Now, this was gonna go last anyway, but now it's gonna be further delayed because these investigations and these motion practices
4: about her in this relationship.
7: And, and listen, I got Trump uh, is
4: winning now. And this is what's He's so stupid. Winning. I got some fool on Insta, YouTube, Akeem uh, Smith, rolling. It's her own business, her personal life. No fool. Let no. me explain <laughs> something to you. It no. ain't your pers- <laughs> It ain't Get your paid. personal life. When the person <laughs> you're sleeping with, you hire on the special prosecution team and pay them six hundred and fifty-four thousand dollars of taxpayer money. Your personal <laughs> life now becomes public business. Roland,
8: so so just okay. Just just, hey, for Mr. Smith, just to give you some context, presidential elections cost billions of dollars. Billions of dollars is spent. BILLIONS OF DOLLARS yep. IS ON THE LINE. WE DON'T JUST HAVE AMERICAN OPERATIVES TRYING TO INFLUENCE THE OUTCOME OF THE ELECTION. WE HAVE FOREIGN OPERATIVES. That was RIGHT. WE HAVE that was BILLIONS right. AND BILLIONS OF DOLLARS IN FOREIGN MONEY THAT'S TRYING TO IMPACT THE ELECTION. SO AT THAT POINT, THERE IS NOTHING, OH, well, THIS IS HER PERSONAL LIFE. LOOK, I GET IT. DATING IN <laughs> ATLANTA COULD BE VERY TOUGH, AND YOU FIND LOVE WHERE YOU COULD FIND LOVE. HOWEVER, THIS AIN'T IT. THIS IS NOT GOING TO WORK
4: WELL FOR hey, anyone hey, OF hey, wait, THEM. WAIT, 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 Here's the deal. Ain't nobody say get rid of your man. But you gotta kick him off the team. Well,
8: the love will survive this.
4: You can still but, but date, <laughs> you can still date the man. Y'all, y'all can go out, y'all can be lovers, y'all can go dance or whatever, but he can't be on the hey, prosecution team.
7: Hey, Roland, one of our mutual friends said to me last night, one of our mutual friends was talking he said. Well, that must have been a hell of a love affair. A hell of a love affair.
4: I can't,
8: it must have right. been a it must have been a hell of a I, cruise, according to the, the documents. They
4: went to, to the Caribbean and cruised. I don't, I, I don't care, I don't God care, I don't care. I don't care how good he is. <laughs> I don't
8: care, I don't care. You don't care it. that he put that Nathan under. her. I,
4: hey, I don't care God if, if the right. theme song is Aaliyah's Rock the Boat, I don't care what it is. I do not care what you do not do. <laughs> allow anything to get in the way of one of the biggest trials well, I in agree. American history. I, <laughs> the Donald Trump trial, if it goes to trial, <laughs> will be ten times as bigger than OJ Simpson. Yeah. yeah and okay. Christopher <laughs> Darden a Marsha Clark... Even though they
8: never confirmed it, it was still right. really one of those things out there where there were accusations that Christopher Darden and Marsha Clark uh, <laughs> believe prosecutors um, prosecuting O.J. Simpson, there were allegations that they were having an, an, an affair, and it was impacting um, with the choices they made with but prosecuting O.J.
4: Simpson. But guess what? Uh, she, nor Darden, ever came out and said in a court filing, yes, we knock in the boots. They, Correct. Because they didn't. Well, they didn't have to. But the, the we, moment, the moment, Fonny, the moment, Fonny Willis went to that church, and stood mm-hmm. in that pulpit, and talked about what they do to <laughs> black people, and how they and 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 didn't say no. That reminded me of when Kwame Kilpatrick was being sued by the cops in Detroit who he fired, and he went on that stand, and he was sitting here, and how dare, How dare you accuse a black woman who's risen through the ranks to become chief of staff to the mayor. Why is it treating her like a Jezebel, like a Jezebel, well, first of all. And, and he, I mean, he went. he got so indignant, and they let his ass finish. Uh and they went first of all the Skytel
8: pagers you're texting your lover they they literally went
4: uh, (laughs) mayor are these your text messages allow me to read them baby I'll see you in 15 minutes but you can't throw
8: parties at the mayor's mansion and then there's a dance stripper you you can't do that either Kwame was
4: texting his side piece on a city phone Bruh! How dope could you get? Those I will say this: <laughs> those are public probably records. So close to, probably
9: came so
7: close to. came so close to Jay Z song, the one that says,
4: "All I did was put the naughty on a... her." <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, and did, again, and again, I don't want to hear. And I, I'm gonna say, we better close this out. I'm going to a break. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't, don't want to hear. Not Nance, sister. Or brother, your man, this how they do the sister, this how they do (sighs) the brothers. No. You were the one in control of hiring the team. You, you knew. And if, and here's the other deal. If you had hired him and then y'all working on the case, it led to y'all hooking up, the moment that happens, he still got to be off. So I don't care if y'all hooked up before the investigation or after the investigation. This impacts, and again, it impacts the cohesion of the team. Yeah. You can, you sitting here, okay? What's our strategy? I don't care who you say. You on the team, like, well, we know who he's voting for. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just saying. I'm so so again. I see all this commentary. This is a hundred percent on Fonnie Willis. She screwed up. And she needs to, right now, stop trying to defend and prolong. She needs to say, Nathan, yo, we're going to still kick it, but you got to go. You're off the team. She has to cut bait and then go for But what you've now done, you've now opened Pandora's box. And guess what? They can run with it. And as Scott said, delay, 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 delay. All right, y'all, gotta go to break. We come back. We're gonna talk about 10 years after the Flint water crisis. Also, a lot there's some residents in Flint who are not happy with the amount of money that the attorneys are getting in this class action lawsuit. And one of the attorneys, frankly, made some derogatory comments about the residents. On a race wars podcast. I'll explain when we come back. Be sure to support the Black Star Network. Join our Brina Funk fan club. Senior check and money order to PO Box 57196, Washington, D.C. 20037 0196. Cash App, dollar sign RM Unfiltered, PayPal or Martin Unfiltered, Venmo is RM Unfiltered, Zale, Roland at RolandSMartin.com. rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. Um, uh, also, of course, download the Black Star Network app, Apple Phone. Uh, Apple phone, Android phone, uh, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. We'll be right back.
3: Grow your business or career with Grow with Google's wide range of online courses, digital training and tools. Gain in demand job skills with flexible online training programs designed to put you on the fast track to jobs in high growth fields. No experience is necessary. Learn at your own pace. Complete the online certificate program on your own terms. Stand out to employers, get on a path to in-demand jobs, and connect with top employers who are currently hiring. Take one professional career certificate program, or all six. Earn a Google career certificate to prepare for a job in a high-growth field like data analytics, project management, UX design, cybersecurity, and more. All professional career certificate programs must be completed by December 31st, 2024. Scan the QR code to complete the application. There are 1,000 scholarships available. Grow with Google and Jay Hood and Associates. Be job ready and qualify for in-demand jobs.
11: Next on The Black Table with me, Greg Carr. Immigrants lured off Texas streets and shipped to places like Martha's Vineyard and Washington, D.C. Believe it or not, we've seen it all before. You people in the North, you're so sympathetic to black people, you take them. 60 years ago, they called it the Reverse Freedom Rides. Back then, Southern governors shipped black people north with the false promise of jobs and a better life. It's a part of a well-known playbook being brought back to life. So what's next? That's next on The Black Table, a conversation with Dr. Gerald Horn about this issue of the Reverse Freedom Rides right here on the Black Star Network.
2: Hey, it's John Murray, the executive producer of the new Sherry Shepard talk show. You're watching Roland Mark Until today.
4: <laughs> Let's all week we've been talking about the 10th anniversary of the Flint water crisis. Uh, and on Monday's show, uh, Jordan Charlton, with Status quo said something that captured my attention. Uh, and so this is what he said. The settlement, the civil settlement, I got to tell you, I mean, I don't live there. I wasn't poisoned. But
12: when it's all said and done, residents, when they get paid, might, if they're lucky, per family get about seven, $8,000. I'm not saying that's nothing. but." That, that doesn't even pay for a really good home filtration system in most cases, not to mention the medical bills and extra bills if you have a child with learning difficulties.
4: So I saw that. So I began to um, look up some stories and I began to uh, see what residents were uh, talking about. And in fact, uh, several residents, and other residents have actually filed lawsuits uh, challenging the amount of money that uh, the attorneys uh, are getting uh, in this case. Uh, And uh, Corey Stern is one of the attorneys uh, that uh, is one one of the uh, lead attorneys uh, in this. Uh, We reached out to him. We tried to book him on the show. Uh, Wanted to talk about one, obviously, uh, the lawsuits in this case, but also uh, wanted to ask him a question, some questions about the complaints from residents. But also some comments he made. I'm going to play that in, in, in a little bit. Uh, but but again, you got a number of residents who say, "Wait a minute, the attorneys in this case are just making way too much money uh, as a result of this millions of dollars." Kevin Thompson is pastor of the St. Mark Baptist Church of Flint. Glad to have you on the show. So, Pastor Thompson, what exactly uh, are, are you hearing residents say when it comes to uh, what they believe is too much money being taken by these attorneys? As a result of the settlement,
13: yes, uh, many of the uh, community uh, we are talking about it right now that uh, we have to suffer, and we've been suffering for ten years, and now we're at a point where attorneys have filed with the court uh, to uh, be eligible uh, to own the interest uh, of six hundred or approximately six hundred and twenty six million dollars. An uh, in interest uh, on top of 25 uh, percent uh, they will receive uh, from the award amount. Uh, so
4: 626 million uh, dollars, and, uh, and in addition to that, you know there have been some delays in that. They yeah. also want the interest on that 626 million dollars. Correct? Yes, uh,
13: which will probably be approximately uh, 180 million dollars, if not more.
4: Wow. Now, uh, already, so for instance, here's one of the headlines. This was from May. Judge authorizes $47 million payment to Flint water attorneys. Uh, And so, uh, do you know, how how many, so this this is the headline right here. So, how many residents are a part of this class action lawsuit?
13: It's it's quite a few residents, not the whole city. Uh, it's also uh, those who have been affected. That's nearby Flint, uh, Michigan, um, who who have been affected by it. So um, it's quite a few residents. I'm not sure how many. Uh, but even if uh, they turn in uh, or become a part of the uh, lawsuit and they be denied, after being denied, uh, they have to, uh, from from what I'm seeing, it's going to be $150 for an appeal for those who've been affected by this water crisis.
4: So uh, go to my iPad. This story says uh, U.S. District Judge Judith Levy ordered the payment of nearly $40 million in attorney's fees and $7 million in legal expenses. Um, That's a fraction of the expected $190 million in attorney fees out of the $626 million settlement. A court appointed special master overseeing the settlement fund and claims process expects to begin paying residents this year.
13: Yes, uh, and and we've been waiting a long time here in this community. Of course, uh, St. Mark Church, church where I pastor, uh, has been on the front line since 2014 uh, when uh, our uh, former mayor, Dr. Weaver, sounded the alarm of the water crisis, Uh, and people have been hurting. Uh, We reached out uh, to people all over the nation, artists, um, community activists, all over uh, this nation and Canada have come to help us when the government had deployed uh, our, uh, s- some national guards to uh, distribute water uh, to the citizens of Flint. In our fire stations, the church, which is in the heart of community with the community in its heart, St. Mark Church, uh, decided to uh, give people more than two cases of water We've decided uh, that we will give them as much as they needed, and we thank God that we got through that. But we're still in the fight. Ten years later,
4: um, and and so uh, again, as I as I am um, in, in looking at this, uh, and look, what you have is you have uh, you have look, attorneys foot the expenses, there's no guarantee uh, they're going to get paid uh, when it comes to, so so we know that. Uh, But when you're talking about $626 million settlement and the attorneys get nearly 200 million of that, um, I take it residents are saying, okay, 50 million, 75 million, let's say 100 million, but 190 million out of 626?
13: Yes, it's, it's just totally unfair. It's unfair, and um, you know, I, I've just uh, been uh, made aware that there was someone who uh, was on social media that made a bad comment as it relates to us receiving the monies that we receive, and uh, and I, I, I would say uh, that um, you know you had to have to have been in the water crisis and on the front line to uh, to understand what we're going through. In fact, it. After the alarm been sound, uh, most uh, cities and states are now checking their water. If I'm not mistaken, Jackson, Mississippi, went through the same situation, and also uh, our uh, sister city here uh, in, in our state, Benton Harbor, has also went through it. But here, we still don't have our service lines. Right. Together. And so we're we're still struggling with this, uh, but we're enduring.
4: So uh, you mentioned uh, Comet Made. So when we were doing our research, uh, uh, looking at these stories and looking at criticisms and looking at how the attorneys responded, uh, I mentioned Corey Stern, again, one of the attorneys involved in this. Uh, And uh, so apparently what you're talking about, a Comet Made, uh, he was on a podcast called Race Wars. Uh, on August 2nd, 2018. And this was the exchange that took place on this podcast.
1: That's where I had a problem with Bernie
8: Sanders because Bernie Sanders is a type of dude who cares.
10: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.
1: about people you don't want that guy's president you
10: want somebody who could drop a fucking nuke if it came down you you, you
9: bernie you, sanders is a career
7: politician to say he has no edge is not right so that's me, how you become and he's and a stay brooklyn that. jew I he's a tie- brooklyn
1: dude. so i could tie Yeah, he's a, di-
5: he's a dick don't but, get it twisted. But, but,
1: but, you, but could you see he's him a killing
8: people
10: though? i could tie
5: yes, the, I, absolutely. I, drones, yes. I don't see bernie not doing weak. Drones. Bernie's like, not weak he,
10: he can barely say so to tie so to tie some of this together for all of you in 2016 when bernie ran against hillary right Champion Bernie. I had a T-shirt. My kids
1: had T-shirts.
8: Yeah. We were all Bernie I, people. I, I like My Bernie. wife I was like one Bernie. of the
10: Bernie women that you probably like slept Bernie. with. <laughs> so, I like so I like Bernie. In 2016, I'm like in Flint, Michigan, fighting for these kids. I'm spending time there. It's a right. shithole. Nobody wants to be there. I'm there every week. Bernie comes out and says, that governor.
4: First, and I'm going to play some other comments in a second. Uh, but um, what, what I'm understanding from you is you got residents who are saying, wait a minute, hold up. You call the city we live in a shithole country? Yeah. That sounds like what Trump said about African nations.
13: Right, uh, after they have to do their research because uh, if they did their research, they will understand that they, we were the leaders uh, in automobile industry causing the world to turn. Um, we are innovative city. Uh, we we in, invent things. Uh, this is a, a wonderful city. Uh, that caused the world to turn. And, you know, it's just it's hard to hear something like that in the city that I'm born and raised in, and I have to stand up uh, for the people um, of the city of Flint.
4: Uh, I'm gonna play this other clip in a second. I want to go to my uh, panel uh, first with some questions. Uh, Scott, y- you have a relationship in this Flint water crisis case. You represented uh, one of the folks uh, who um, who was who was involved in this, who was one of the, I think what 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 city manager administrator who was put in charge by the state. Uh, just just first of all, so you I want you to just your thoughts on, the criticism of some of these residents, and you also an attorney, who believe that attorneys getting $190 million out of $626 million is just too much money.
7: Well, I mean, <laughs> I got several thoughts. Donner Early was a client of mine. I was close to defending him in the civil case before um, the governor made him get local counsel versus counsel out of Washington. But here's the deal. I, and I'm very sensitive. I've been to Flint. I know Flint has a lot of economic and cultural and social challenges. I'm sensitive to the people who have been suffering. But let me just say this. Blaming the lawyers or trying to cut their fees isn't the answer. The lawyers didn't cause the Water Flint crisis. All of those families signed up with these lawyers. They signed contingency fee agreements. Twenty-five percent is is low compared to 32 percent or 33 percent or even 40 percent, right? And these residents didn't spend a nickel protecting their legal rights. They all did it on a contingency fee basis. They all signed contracts. And unfortunately, this is the art of the litigation deal. This is how it works on the plaintiff's side. I'm a defense lawyer, so I've never done plaintiff's work, but I certainly understand it and get it. Now, the the challenge isn't to cut the lawyer's fees. I understand that's an attractive argument. The issue is then let's not settle for 626, because that's nowhere near a billion. You couldn't couldn't cut a deal for enough money to, to, to satisfy or rather to make these residents whole based on what they've been through, as well as the state and federal governments' continued failure. They still don't have new pipes. So I'm very sensitive to that. But cutting the lawyers' fees when they're going to court, when they're hiring experts, and they're taking all the risk in this very this case of first impression, we've never seen anything like it before. I just disagree with cutting their fees. I think what ought to be done is perhaps, you know, you're going to delay it first of all, and then residents getting their money if you challenge the legal fees, which they're not gonna be able to, to cut it unless they can convince a judge to do it, because these are all contingency fee arrangements and all the residents signed on to it. So maybe you get a larger settlement, but that's even more further delay. So so it, it's a tough situation, but cutting the fees of the lawyers who worked so hard for these residents, notwithstanding the race war stuff, I, I don't support that at all, you know that, Roland, but it, it's a tough issue, but cutting the attorney's fees who did all the work and took all the risks getting the answer either, is it? And I say that to you, Roland, as well as Pastor.
13: Pastor, go ahead. Well, um, I, I, I don't want to comment to the fact of, of taking uh, their fees uh, or having their fees uh, being dealt with. But I am commenting to the fact of, of that we should take care of the, the citizens of the city of Flint. And we should do it in a great way, because they have suffered. And, um, and yes.
7: So cutting so cutting the lawyers' fees and giving the residents more, even though the lawyers are, super, are the primarily responsible for getting them that $626 million, how does that solve the answer? How do you reconcile that with signed executed retention agreements, contingency fees, and the lawyers are responsible for getting that award? You're going to cut their fees, which means you're—it's you're, you're, a bit of—it's offensive to the hard work that they did to get that $626 million because you want the residents to get more of it. There's no place in civil litigation for those types of arguments, and it's really fundamentally unfair to those lawyers who fought so hard for those residents. How do you reconcile that with any reasonableness?
13: And, and you have your opinion to that, but this is my opinion. Well, I'll state this: that there have been there have been people who have died, uh, people who are dying, and then the cognitive or mental illness and situations from uh, the contamination in the water still mm-hmm. exist while yeah. we are living in the city of Flint. So, uh, with that being said, uh, my heart is for the city. This is where I was born and raised, and of course. I'm going to stay in the fight to help the citizens of the city of Flint.
4: Hold on one second. got to go to a break. We're going to pick, gonna pick okay. up on this when we come back uh, on Martin Unfiltered on, on, on the Blackstone Network. Back in a moment.
3: Thank okay. you. Hatred on the streets, a horrific scene, a white nationalist rally that descended into deadly violence. Soil, you will not white people
4: an angry pro-Trump mob storms the U.S. Capitol with some shock. I'm about to see the rise of what I call white minority resistance. We have seen white folks in this country who simply cannot tolerate black folks voting. I think what
12: we're seeing is the inevitable result of violent denial. This
5: is part of American history.
12: Every time that people of color have made progress, whether
4: real or symbolic, there has been what Carol Anderson at Emory University calls white rage as a backlash. This is the rise of the Proud Boys and the Boogaloo Boys. America, there's going to be more of this.
3: All the proud boys, this country is getting increasingly racist in its behaviors and its attitudes because of the fear of white people.
4: The fear that they're taking our jobs, they're taking our resources, they're taking our women. This is white fear.
9: Yeah. Bye, bye, <laughs>
6: next A Balanced Life with me, Dr. Jackie. We're talking about leveling up, or to put it another way, living your very best life how to take a bold step forward that'll rock your world.
3: Leveling up is different for everybody.
8: You know, I think we fall into this trap, which which often gets us stuck because we're looking at someone else's level up journey, what level up means to them. For some, it might be a business venture. For some, it might be a relationship um, situation, but
6: it's different for everybody. It's all a part of a balanced life. That's next on Black Star Network.
7: Farquhar, executive producer, a proud family. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered.
4: All right, folks, welcome back to Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. All week we've been uh, focusing on the Flint water crisis, um, which uh, in April uh, it will be 10 years. Uh, and so we've talked about different elements of this. Uh, Residents have been involved in various lawsuits. There are multiple attorneys involved in this as well. And uh, as a result, uh, you have a settlement of about $626 million. Well, of that, attorneys involved are going to be receiving about $190 million. Uh, That hasn't set well with a lot of residents there. Uh, They have uh, actually tried to block uh, that amount of money. Um, and so, uh, Scott, uh, of course, Scott Bolden's attorney. He was talking about that, that fee structure, uh, he said, which is, you know, when it comes to class action lawsuits, it's very, very low. Scott, before we went to break, you about to make a comment, um, to pastor Kevin Thompson, uh, who is a pastor of the St. Mark Baptist Church in Flint, uh, go right ahead.
7: Yeah. And pastor Thompson, his argument or your argument goes to the amount of the settlement. As I understand the settlement... The residents, it comes out to about seven, eight thousand dollars per resident, even if you took the attorney's fee. Let's say you reduce the attorney fees in half, for example, give them eighty thousand or $70, 000, $70 million or eighty million less. One that wouldn't cover the attorney's fees for the for those hardworking lawyers. But secondly, I'm not convinced that that would even double the amount the residents uh, would be receiving. And so remember, not only do you have the Fee contract with the attorneys, but these, these the the um, the residents who make up the class action have to sign off and approve and agree to accepting the 626 million, knowing that the lawyers are going to get 20 25 percent of that, which is is low. And so, I don't want to be legal and technical with you, but but taking the fees of those who fought hard for you. And got that six twenty-six billion or six hundred twenty-six million isn't the answer. Now there are other lawsuits, by the way, uh, Roland parallel yeah. lawsuits going on. with they opted, the plaintiffs or defendants rather, opted out of that uh, settlement. Thing. And, and you get about, there's other it, litigation. And you get about but that a fort- may be
4: the source of um, source of uh, argument for the plaintiffs. And you get about forty-five thousand people who are uh, a part of. Uh, this class action lawsuit, Pastor Thompson, uh, your response to uh, what Scott just had to say.
13: Well, um, again, again, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not actually coming personally uh, against mm-hmm. the, uh, the lawyers, but what I what I can say is, you said that the citizens of, of Flint has to sign off uh, for uh, this six uh, hundred, excuse me, six hundred and twenty six million dollars. Is that correct? Is that what you said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. That, that's true. Um, we have to look at the the big pictures. It's been ten years, and and the big picture in ten years is that there are still people, and I want to I want to keep saying this: there are people who are taking showers and still afraid that they might get legionnaires like their aunts, uncles, and and. Those who have, they have buried. Some of my church members have been affected uh, medically uh, by this. In fact, we we o- we opened up an outreach center, Saint Mark Community Outreach Center, uh, with uh, suicide prevention, and we have uh, our uh, therapist on, a free therapist for our uh, community, right in the heart of the community, uh, to help us in this wa- in this crisis, uh, which lasts over uh, ten years. Later, no one has received any compensation. No one has uh, distributed any money to any of the cities, citizens of the city of Flint. And so that's what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about uh, our city being... Com- we've all have been through a, a, a pandemic, uh, but we was in a water crisis. We were in a water crisis before the pandemic, so we, we've we been hit pretty hard in this community, but yet we're still standing, and we're standing strong.
4: So, so, so Pastor, are you, are you saying that your concern is that because of the the amount of the settlement and the ongoing needs that even with the amount of money uh, that if you break this thing down six hundred twenty six million minus the attorney's fees with forty five thousand people uh, as Jordan said it's 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 going to be a what do you think is a minuscule amount. Uh, that each person will be able to receive when their need is so greater?
13: The need is great. It's not enough. We're going to continue to stay on bottled water. We're going to continue to drink bottled water. We're never going to trust our water system here uh, uh, because the government, our government, uh, did not treat us right. And, of course, uh, as you had stated about um, uh, early, um, I I can say this, is that our um, Our governor at the time uh, had uh, emergency managers uh, you know this was the emergency management situation and uh, and some local officials um, but uh, we had no, we had no say in it, and some people knew something was wrong with this water, and so we've been suffering that long, so no amount is great. I just believe uh that uh, we should do what is right. And, you know, and I quote Dr. King, uh, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, keep on moving. And that's what the city of Flint is doing right now. We, we're we're going to sound the alarm, and we're going to keep moving. We will get through this. You know, Roland, uh, the Go one in. point
7: the one the one other point is there are two parallel lawsuits going on one against the EPA the federal government the other one i want to say is against the county or some contractors i can't remember but those are live lawsuits that i think are class actions and those lawsuits when the residents if those cases settle uh, obviously EPA as part of the federal government has a much more money than the state of Mi- the mis- state of michigan but those are ripe for not only settlement, but larger payouts, because in reality, the state and, and, and county and federal government failed the residents of, of Flint. And as they, if those cases settle, I hope the residents of Flint have thoughtful conversations with their lawyers and certainly cut up know exactly what the payout will be to the residents as well as the lawyers, because I I presume they have contingent fees in those cases as well, and and you don't have to settle. They certainly need the money, and settlement works for everyone, versus litigating for years and years and years. But you got to know those numbers, know what your, your, your legal agreement is, and then settle based on whether you think you can be made whole or not. So this is just one of three lawsuits. And you got two other potential settlements right. that the uh, residents could be made hold with.
4: Um, Rebecca, go right ahead.
8: Sure. So, um, Pastor, um, before this crisis happened in 2014, Flint was already under crisis. Um, it was in crisis for decades. Um, there's been intense mm-hmm. poverty. There's been intense neglect um, in Flint. And the water crisis exasperated what was going on before. So whether residents end up getting $8,000 apiece, even if they get $25,000 a piece when it's all said and done, that's not enough for Flint, especially for a community that's been underutilized, under resourced, and clearly forgotten. So, my question is this. I saw that in October 2013, there was a master plan for Flint that was adopted, and I read through it to figure out, well, what what were they trying to do? What's the future of of, of Flint, Michigan? And that's the question I want to ask you, because as I reviewed that master plan, I didn't see a lot of call-outs of what the future for Black residents in Flint looks like. So, from your point of view, what do you think the future of Flint should be uh, for those Black residents? And do you think that the state—do you think that even the local governments care about um, this Black city, and if it continues to be Black in the future, or if it's going to be selling up a lot of the land that's there, and, you know, from there, gentrifying a city, pushing out Black folks, and ignoring these Black folks who are in crisis now, exasperated by the water crisis?
13: Yes, uh, I remember the master plan in 2013. And of course, uh, we know uh, that, same, uh, that, uh, that the city of Flint has been going through a lot um, here. Uh, you know about the movie, uh, Roger and Me, before that. And, uh, and here it is. We have uh, what we call the uh, master plan. And that was in 2013. I just believe that, uh, in, in my opinion, that the water crisis was in that master plan, uh, just to move some of the people out of the city. Yes, I believe that. I believe that they have their plan. We're just not in it. I, I believe that they want to move us out, the churches, all of the the uh, the businesses uh, that we have that's been hanging on, and 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 regentrify. I-, I believe that they're they're trying to make it what they want it to be. Whoever uh, the powers that may be, uh, I myself are, is going to continue to fight because there's some people that don't want to leave. They want to fight. They want to stay uh, with what they have. It's some people even right now uh, that have come into our city and have bought a lot of land uh, for some odd reason. So we know that we're not in we you know we're not in their plan. But together we can make a difference. Together we can we can cause change, and that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for a brighter, a bigger, a better, brighter future for the city of Flint, the home where I was born and raised in. I'm I'm still proud of the city of Flint. So many actors, so many athletes, so many musicians uh, have come from the city of Flint, and and I'm going to fight hard. And I'm sure there's some people that will stand with me because together we stand, divided we fall. We can build a bridge and tear down the walls of division, and respond to our brother's call. Together, we can make a difference.
4: Pastor, you were um, when you alluded to some comments that you felt were detrimental. Um, again, uh, this we we played this other comment from this race wars podcast, uh, uh, and um, apparently, um, one of the attorneys uh, again. Uh, said that, uh, Corey Stern, said that they were structuring, they were structuring, don't, don't go to my iPad, they were structuring they were structuring the deal. So quote, to, to protect them from themselves. The quote was two and a half million dollars if you give it to somebody who's never had any money in their life and suddenly they have aunties and they have cousins and they have brothers and they have best friends and they have lead poisoning, part of the job is to try and protect them from themselves uh, and then when the host of the show said that if you give a victim with the rest development a $2 million check, there's gonna be some dead prostitutes, uh, this attorney agreed, laughing, uh, that's right, and a lot of cocaine, followed by laughter. Uh, mm. that, I take it mm. that for you and other folks in a lot of these residents, that was quite offensive to mm. hear an attorney get money Making those type of comments about Flint residents.
13: Yes, that's offensive. Uh, it's disheartening, and it should be an apology if it's from the heart. If not, keep it to yourself. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll stop there.
4: Um, read those comments, Scott. You were um, <laughs> like. That's not quite what you want to hear an attorney say, correct?
13: Not an attorney. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that.
4: Highly inappropriate. And if that
7: was before settlement and before resolution of the litigation, uh, those are highly inappropriate under most state bar associations and most court rules, whether it's federal or state. That's unfortunate, because speaking against the interest or speaking against your client actually creates a conflict of interest for you, uh, whether it's real or perceived, whether it's legal, or, 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 or perception-wise, and so that's highly inappropriate. Now, that's from 2018, and fast forward to 2013, and he probably never thought that they, <laughs> that that tape would reach the light of day, or he forgot about it, and now it's coming back to biting. Uh, the, the, whoever he represents certainly could make a motion uh, to the court to uh, either limit his fee or they could bring a, a, a complaint against him for any state or local bar association
10: for those. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.
9: comments, especially
7: if he was representing those those residents at the time he made
4: these comments. That's, That's a possibility. I just don't know the timing. I got you. Pastor Thompson, final comment.
13: Yes, um, I agree. Uh, I agree uh, with, with what you said as it relates to the attorney. Uh, I do, uh, in the final comments, uh, want to say uh, to keep us in in prayer. And and I believe, and I want uh, the rest of uh, the nation to believe with me, uh, that uh, the city of, of Flint will rise up and be a beacon light unto uh, our nation, and rise up and to be uh, what we once was, and um, and we're and we're moving forward together. Uh, it's a resilient communi- community, and I want to let everybody know in the city of Flint that everything will be all right, that we are going to higher heights and deeper depths, and to. Holding to God's unchanging hand, and together we'll we'll make a difference.
4: Well, it's it, it's, it's highly unfortunate that again in an American city here we are ten years later in April, and residents of Flint continue uh, uh, to have to deal with this. Uh, I mean, I, I I can't imagine, and I think this is one of the things that for a lot of people, uh, it, it really is hard to fathom because we're just so used to you know, going to the faucet and turning the water on and putting a pot underneath it and boiling something in it or having a filtration system and drinking some water or even getting in the shower and, or taking a bath or just even basically uh, washing hands. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, your life changes. Uh, and, you know, we covered this story uh, 10 years ago. And to think about the number of women um, that you, families, who actually lost babies because of the Flint water crisis, yes, uh, the rashes and 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 the diseases, <laughs> uh, and and then was crazy because they had to use so much hand sanitizer that actually made the situation worse because of the loss of bacteria because there's a thing called good bacteria, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah.
4: and so yeah. it, and like like you, I mean this is it, it, this is this is so deep and expansive, and. Uh, I say probably what is secondary to uh, the families that lost uh, children in the womb due to, due to this crisis uh, are the children who now are gonna have to be monitored their entire lives, and this is where I think we're talking about the money comes in, their children may very well have health or learning disabilities because yeah. of this. And so the Flint water crisis literally is cre- can create generational curses, if you will, that will affect more than just the people who had to endure it today.
8: With no lifetime health care.
4: Right. Right. Absolutely. Patrick Thompson, thanks a bunch. Thank you, sir. Folks, Thank you. I'm going to go to the break. We'll come back. We'll talk about nutcase Republicans on Capitol Hill say no to a bill to fund the border, Ukraine, and Israel, but they yell and scream every day about fixing the border. Okay, we'll discuss next, right here in Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. We talk about blackness, 0196 the cash app is dollar sign rm unfiltered paypal is r martin unfiltered venmo is rm unfiltered zell is roland at rolandsmartin.com i'm Faraji
2: muhammad live from l.a
6: Next on The Frequency, we have an incredible conversation with my guest, Nadira Simmons, talking about her new book, First Things First hip-hop ladies that changed the game. The founder of GumboNet tells us the stories behind the women in hip-hop. Starting with the first woman that promoted the hip-hop party to Megan Thee Stallion, there's even a chapter on me. Thank you so much yes. for including me in there. It's just so oh, like, you know had to be in there! Yeah. That's next on The Frequency on the Black Star Network.
1: Me, Sherry Shebra, and you know what you're watching, Roland
3: Martin, unfiltered.
4: All right, y'all, so all of we've heard from Republicans for three years is, Biden, get down to the border, fix the border. The the invasion is a strong America. Now, now, now keep in mind, they never passed such a bill when Trump was in the Oval Office. Keep keep in mind, um, we had significant border crossings then. So they've been yelling and screaming, and so what happens? Democratic senators get with Republican senators, and they come up with a bipartisan bill. Donald Trump literally says to them, do not touch this bill because I need the border as a part of my campaign. Yep. Today's vote, $118 billion package for the border, Ukraine, and Israel, fails, 50 to 49. Here's Oklahoma Senator, Republican, Oklahoma Senator, he's a Republican, James Langford of Oklahoma, y'all, okay, who Donald Trump endorsed on the floor, talking about the threats that he received if they even allowed this to become a vote.
5: Some of them may have policy differences. Some of them have been very clear with me. They have political differences with the bill. They say it's the wrong time to solve the problem, or let the presidential election solve this problem. In fact, I had a popular commentator four weeks ago that I talked to that told me flat out, before they knew any of the contents of the bill, any of the content, none, nothing was out at that point, that told me flat out. If you try to move a bill that solves the border crisis during this presidential year, I will do whatever I can to destroy you because I do not want you to solve this during the presidential election. By the way, they have been faithful to their promise and have done everything they can to destroy me in the past several weeks. Now,
4: this is, I'm about to play y'all, this is the head of the Border Patrol who's also head of the Border Patrol Union, on Fox News, saying, pass this bill. Listen to this.
5: Whatever goes forth has to be much better immediately. Harris,
4: we're not going to get much better immediately, so I'm going to take those incremental steps. If this were going to tie Donald Trump's hands, I would be opposed to it immediately. It
14: doesn't. It doesn't tie any good administration's hands.
3: So why do you think he's against it?
14: It's a,
12: I, I I have no idea. I haven't spoken with him about it. it if, he, if he has
4: specific issues, let him air those issues. I will give the positive points in this bill. There are negative points. But if we don't even let this bill come to light, if this bill
10: doesn't even go to the floor, we don't even get amendments. And that's what everybody's talking about. Everybody's talking about killing it before you're able to even offer amendments. That's wrong. Let's have
12: the
4: so, so what we have here, Rebecca, are a bunch of frauds and hypocrites. Mm -hmm. So what they're saying is, oh, we have no problem, no problem from now until Inauguration Day with the border, with the crossings, with the invasion, because, Mm -hmm. because we need to give Donald Trump the border issue to campaign on.
8: And shame on the Democrats if they can't figure out how to take back the House and retain the Senate with uh, with a lot of this clownish behavior. Here's the bottom line. Um, the Republican Party right now is saying that they're not a serious party seeking um, policy solutions um, to move our country forward, full stop. They're not just saying it in secret they're not just saying it quietly at fundraisers but they're saying it like wide out wide um, in the open and then their votes on the floor of the house and the floor in the Senate is reflecting it so now the Democrats just some friendly free advice do something about it make this a voting issue, run ads about this, and then talk about your plan. So it also isn't just good enough to say, well, this is what the Republicans aren't doing, but Democrats actually need to talk about, and this is what we're going to do to make sure that we're securing our border, because, after all, we should have a secure border.
4: Here is Texas Congressman Dan Crenshaw, uh, not too happy with his uh, colleagues.
12: Um, I I understand some Republicans are saying, we don't need any changes to law. Then why didn't we write write H.R. 2? Why did, we, why did we do that? Why didn't Trump just shut down the border if you just think we don't need any changes to law? He couldn't. He had to make a deal with Mexico, and he did a great job doing that. Um, but he had to rely on, literally, international agreements to get it under control. We do need changes to law. you got to change those loopholes in asylum. you got to raise the bar for asylum. You've got to make it very clear that there's no paroling. Um, you need to institute Remain in Mexico as an authority in law. There, you know These are really simple fixes that need to be done. Um, and, you know, that emergency authority that everybody interpreted, I think, as entries, you need to clean that up. You need to make that clear that that's not entries, it's encounters. Probably I would decrease that number vastly, too. I think 5,000 is way beyond an emergency per day. You know, I think it should be closer to 1,000. But, like, you know, reasonable people can can actually can actually make a good bill here.
4: That's what the House should be doing.
1: Do you have high hopes for that? <laughs> no. <laughs> um,
4: Why not? But I'm, but I'm still going to try. I'm still going to try. Uh, so, so this right here, Scott, again shows you how Republicans are frauds on this issue. They will sit here and whine and complain. And, and I, I saw Bill Maher, I saw all these people talking about, oh, oh, the president, he already has the authority to do so. Crenshaw said it. OK, if the president has the authority to shut down the border without any additional action from Congress, then why didn't Trump do it? Why did right. Trump? Why did Trump say, "I need a border bill from Congress"? Anybody mm-hmm. saying that Biden can do it, they're lying. They're flat out lying. It's simply not true.
7: Yeah, but the Republicans don't give, don't care
4: about the border. This proves they don't care about the border,
7: and the public, who they fed to to believe that Trump, they trust Trump on the border more so than Biden—well, that's silly, too, because now this manifestation of this idiocy that now they don't want the bill—remember. Remember, remember, the reason you had the working bipartisan committee was the the, the, drive—the Republicans drove that narrative. Remember, Biden wanted money for Israel and Ukraine, and the Republicans linked it to border security. So then, The Democrats said, okay, we'll we'll sit with the Republicans. And by the way, the the, the senator out of Oklahoma is one of the most conservative senators in America. Right. He's one of the most conservative ones. And he sat with them and worked with the Democrats and came up with a bill that allowed Biden to shut it down. Whether it's 5,000, whatever the number, it gave him discretion to shut it down which is what border security means to Republicans. It means we don't want them black and brown people coming across our borders. Now, if they weren't black or brown, they wouldn't have any problem with all those people coming across the border. Let's just call it the way it is. It's rooted in racism. But, but here again, they drove the narrative. They linked it. And as soon as Trump says, don't do it, blame me, We now know that this is the Trump Republican Organization. It's not a Republican Party. It's a Trump Party, because Trump runs the House. He runs the Republican Senate. He runs the RNC. And he's crass and crude and crazy. And they act crass, crass, crude and crazy, too. Think about it. They act just like he does, because he's their puppeteer. And so I don't want to hear the Republicans talk about the border anymore. We care about the border, or Biden, or they're going to impeach my August. They can't even impeach my August because even the Republican conservatives, some of them say that's crazy. It's a policy piece. How are you going to how are you going to um, uh, impeach my August at the same time have a bill right. that the Republicans put together and then and then you you reject the bill. You throw Lankford under the under the bus. You do that to your own. The hell you think you're gonna do to the country? And, and I love I love oh, have at it, Roland. I, I, have at it.
4: I, I, I cool. love I love seeing another Texas Republican chit Roy literally say, <laughs> Donald Trump, you're a liar. Listen to this.
5: No, we're not going to just pass the buck and say that, oh, any president could walk in and secure the border. I saw former President Trump make that allegation earlier today on one of his social media posts. All the president has to do is Declare the border is closed, and it's closed. Well, with all due respect, that didn't happen in <laughs> 2017, 18, 19, and 20. Right. There were millions of people who came into the United States during those four years. No, we're I not. I mean, that, th- this, is, th- th-
4: this is why I think say. all of this is so laughable, Rebecca, because they're lying. And the, and the problem is, you got all these people in this country and an increasing number of black people who are falling for the okie doke Okay. Yep. Uh, yep. I, I, I was, I was, uh, I, I, I see that they, they jump on my social media pages, you ain't saying nothing about this, nothing about that. And I'm like, y'all getting played. Like, you get, like, here's the first thing, okay? Here's the first thing that people have to understand. Most people in this country ain't got a damn clue about immigration in this country. They don't know shit about asylum. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't understand that in this country, you can ask for asylum there's actually an asylum process rebecca they don't know jack about the visas the number of people who are in this country on visas how about donald trump's wife melania didn't she come to this country on like a genius visa or something like that <coughs> And then it expired or something like that. Well, first no of all, to be there's had. nothing about <laughs> there's nothing about Melania Trump that's genius. Um, and she so, could be. You just don't know. No, 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 no. You just no, don't know. No, there's nothing. Maybe Malone it's not an academic
8: now. genius, Roland. So <laughs> no, alone. don't bring her into this. Make no, this no,
4: no, no, no. I'm there's I, other I, no.
8: of intelligence, Roland. <laughs> yeah, it no, it's what she has. It, 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 it <laughs> ain't
4: genius. Uh, and so, and, and then, and then, it's and, and, as
8: old as time. It may not be genius, but it's as old as time.
4: She has something going for her. Hey. Leave her alone. Hey, she has y'all. something going hey, for her. St- Y'all, we 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 finished <laughs> we finished the the, we finished the Fonnie and Wade segment a long time ago. Uh y'all uh y'all I am like the theme song of this show gonna be the whole Joe to see greatest hits, the way y'all going. Um the, the 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 thing the thing here that 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 drives me crazy and and, and these the people try to come at me, man, there you go, justify immigration. They don't even understand the reality uh, of immigration. Don't even understand when we talk about process, when we talk about, um, in terms of what's going on, when we talk about crossings. You literally can't shut the border. You can't. We, this is not the northern border with Canada where you have stuff. You, you, you physically can't. But you do have to create a situation where you get under control what's happening, and when you have the head of border patrol, I'm sorry, what's your, border patrol, the people that patrol the border, say- The union, by the way, s- union leader. Say, <laughs> the resources in here, the methods in here, all these things, we need to combat it, they go, nah, uh-uh, because you know why? What what, what we're going to see, Fox News, conservative radio, conservative digital, all we're going to hear from Republicans between now and Election Day, border, 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 border. Because, Rebecca, they can't run on the economy. They can't run on any of that. They want to scare Americans. And they, they're scaring white people. They're, scaring, they're taking your jobs. They're stealing from you. And black folks have fallen for that okie doke And I'm not saying that we should not have a problem with having to provide resources. But guess what y'all, in this country, you don't let people starve. You don't let people die. That's not what this country does. And for any, any black Republican out there who's running their mouths, Please, by all means, tell me the difference between wet foot and dry foot. Because guess what? If you're Cuban, American welcome you with open arms. But if you're Haitian, they send you back. Don't sit here and talk to me about immigration.
10: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury
9: Go
10: right ahead, uh, Rebecca.
8: Well, you know, according to conservative media, you know, Trump built the wall, and it's a great wall. So, because he built the wall, then we shouldn't be having a border crisis, right? Because if we have a wall, then that means that the border shut down.
4: Wait, wait, Uh, wait! Remember, he built it, and Mexico paid for it. Yeah, he built
8: it. We, the U.S., didn't didn't have to pay for it. Mexico paid for it. It was the best people doing all the greatest things. So now we have this wall. So it's it's so nonsensical with how conservative media is talking about the border crisis and how they're actually talking about national security at the border. One thing that I would say that I would like the Biden administration to do is figure out if there's a way to increase the number of administrative judges to place them at the border so you could process asylum, folks seeking asylum a lot faster. Um, give them a ticket, give them a court date, um not a ticket, but um, process their information, have them fill out the application, give them a court date for when to return to actually have um, their hearing. Um, those are things that I think the administration can do. However, For us to actually move forward with actual real security at the border, a real accountability of who is moving in and out of the country, whether it's by seaport, land port, or by airport, it does have to be bipartisan. It can't just be one party that's doing it. it. But it has to be an agreement, because this is an American issue, Um, but to your point. There's so much mis- misinformation um, out there. Like I see in the comments on YouTube, um, even tonight, you know, every once in a while, oh, well, the migrants in Chicago, are you all gonna talk about that? Or what about the ones in New Jersey? Are you gonna talk about that? Or I heard in Kansas City, there were some migrants just running all over the city. You know, the question I have for folks who continue to post things like that, where are your primary sources? Where are you getting that information? Mm-hmm. Because what's happening is there's an echo chamber saying, well, I heard there are some migrants and they well, you know what? The Democrats are giving them, you know, hundreds of dollars on credit cards and debit cards, and they're giving all of your money, um, you American taxpayer, um, to these migrants. Those things in that scale simply isn't happening. Um, for example, many of the migrants who have been, in my opinion, illegally and um, forcibly, um, um, bust or or flown from. Um, Florida or from Texas, under the Republican governors, up to Martha Vineyard, Martha's Vineyard or even New York City or even Washington, D.C., they're not living the best life. They're, they're, they are living basically in shelters or on the street. Um, so many um, of, of them um, only have the clothes on their back. They don't have um, um, adequate food or shelter. So it's not like these people are coming into our country, and they're really taking something from the average American. So that's just—let's take a step back to actually understand what is actually happening. But if you live in an area and you have a Republican member of Congress, call your Republican member of Congress and demand, hey— What are you doing to negotiate something on border security? Are you going to do something about it now because it's an issue now, or are you going to kick the can into next year? Those are the things that we need to see your audience and other folks do as well, to hold Republicans accountable if they're unwilling to move this policy forward, because Trump, the guy with 91—with 91 charges against him, is telling them, well, I don't want you all to do anything, wait until I get in office. Because we know once he gets in office, the only way he would do something on border security is if he could grift and if he could personally make money off of it. That's the kind of leader <laughs> he has shown himself to be.
4: Well, well, not only that, I, I want to do something here. I, I was sitting here, I was looking at something just the other day, and man, this this jumped out at me. And again, this, this is one of those things that people uh, don't like to talk about, deal with, uh, because it's, it's called Facts, um, but um, uh, Jerome Powell, who uh, leads the Federal Reserve, um, he did an interview with Scott Pelley in 60 Minutes, and he said something that I've talked about, and folk told me Oh man, you champion this stuff I said. No, this is what happens when you operate in facts. So I want you to listen to what he actually had to say. Watch this.
5: What are the important factors that caused the labor market to stabilize?
14: One was just the return of workers. Several million people were just gone from the labor force for whatever reason. Many of them didn't want to go back to their old jobs because of COVID or because they just didn't want to be. They had moved on with their lives. So so there was a desperate shortage of workers. And what happened is we expected people to come right back into the workforce in 2022. They mostly didn't. And then and then we, we thought, well, maybe that's not gonna happen. And then it happened in 2023. We had a combination of rising labor force participation in prime age workers. And we also had, a, with that, we had a resumption of immigration. So there was really no immigration net in, or very little during the pandemic. But In 2023, we saw immigration move back up to the levels that would have been normal before the pandemic. And those two things together made a real difference in labor supply. So it's really a supply story. Uh, That's the main thing I would point to. Why was immigration important? Because immigrants come in and they they tend to work at a rate that is at or above that for for non-immigrants. Immigrants who come to the country tend to be in the workforce at a slightly higher level than Americans do, but that's largely because of the age difference. They they tend to skew younger.
5: Why is immigration so important to the economy?
14: First of all, immigration policy is is not the Fed's job. We don't set immigration policy. We don't comment on it. I will say, over time, though, the U.S. economy has benefited from immigration. And and frankly, just in the last year, a, a big part of the story of the labor market coming back into better balance is immigration. Returning to levels that were more typical of the pre-pandemic era, the country needed the workers. It did.
4: Right there, mm-hmm. and that, and see, Scott, this is the thing that, and, and, and I'm, I'm seeing the comments uh, in, 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 in the section, and 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 people they sitting, man, uh, I've seen these other people out here running their mouth, man, you championing this, y'all, you can sit here and live in denial. But the fact of the matter is, and I've said this repeatedly on this show, you, you are not going, you have, when you talk about the labor market, when you talk about gross domestic product, when you talk about an economic output, if you do not have available workers to do fundamental aspects of the economy, you're not going to have a growing economy. This is the chair of the Federal Reserve who's saying immigration plays a role in the economy of this country. We've detailed it before in the show as well. Mm-hmm. People, people believe, people believe, that those people who came into this country illegally, others say don't call them illegal immigrants, call them migrants, that's fine. Folks say, oh, It's a free ride, wrong. Greg Abbott can yell, holler, and scream all he wants to in Texas, y'all. But let me help all y'all out who are watching. All of those people who have entered Texas, they impacted the U.S. Census. Texas got five additional congressional seats because of the population shift. Also, folks who are migrants pay taxes. Now, yes, I I heard somebody say, man, people get paid under the table. It's a bunch of black barbers I know who ain't putting all that money on their taxes. (laughs) Can we stop tripping? (laughs) But y'all, the the data is there that show, uh, I'm I'm just binged just straight up. The the, The data is there.
8: You gonna let me buy my shoes in peace. (laughs) <laughs> pay cash for them. I, I See, got a drug got
4: me, that y- likes cash. want but let, 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 let's not act like, <laughs> let's not act like, it's some people out there who sit here and go, I got this or I got these cars. They like, mm-mm, <laughs> I can put this under the bed. I can put this in a shoebox. But, But the point that I'm making is that there are too many black people who are repeating BS they hear on social media or hear from right-wingers who literally do not understand how broad immigration is, the different levels of immigration, and then the jobs that people take in this country that other people don't want to do. Now, last part before I close the segment out by going to Scott and Rebecca. Here's the thing that Republicans also don't want to deal with. Why have we truly had the immigration problem? It's because there's been an unwillingness to crack down on those companies that hire migrants.
2: Exactly.
4: Speak. Speak on it. Speak on Say again. Speak on it. <laughs> it's so America
8: true. requires cheap labor for our economy to run. Exactly. Without cheap labor exactly. in this country, our economy would not continue to grow. We are That's now right. demanding living wages and minimum wages, but we still need cheaper labor for our economy to be sustained. So that means in order to have cheap labor in this country, that that means that we're gonna to continue to have folks immigrating from other countries to this country, some being paid above the table, under the table to keep this economy moving. So if you enjoy this economy, immigration is a part of that equation. Now and see we just I'm, need I'm to I'm,
4: be honest. And about and, it. and I'm gonna go ahead and go there with some black folks who don't want to be honest with this, how many of y'all have driven by Home Depot to pick up some folks to do some work? Uh...
7: Exactly.
4: See, it, see it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, 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 see, I, I love. I love. I go to the three shot. I, I love the people. I love the people who front. It's labor. I like, love what's the people who front. Yo, I, 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 need, I need. I need. I, I need to get somebody to uh, to to paint the walls in my house. Do you want to
8: do drywall? They ain't calling. They do. You want electrician?
4: Do you want to do, you do, you do your own
8: gardening? Do you want to do your own laundry? Do you want to do your own babysitting or, or nannying? There's so much labor. We're talking about actually labor jobs. And let's be
7: clear. These are
4: called low-skilled, even though they do require skill. And let's be but clear. These are the types of... You ain't paying them seven twenty five. No. See? See, people don't want... See, folk don't want to deal with the real real. The, <laughs> bot- the, bo- the bottom line is... There were a group of people that America relied on to do cheap labor before 1970. (laughs) Who do they look like? The three of us. Mm -hmm. So then... When
8: black- I had—we called them domestics back then. I had—there were plenty of domestics on both sides of my family tree, but that's what we called it, domestics. And now we have domestic workers, and many of them are crossing that border, coming into this country, are being employed you know, by not just white folks, but Black folks, too.
7: You know, Roland, uh, the other thing is, it is the dirty little
8: secret of
7: immigration, what you're talking about, the labor demand for companies and corporations who advertise in Central and South America for migrants or, or folks there to come. They advertise. I've seen it in Mexico when I've been there. But 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 I'll give you a little history on this, too. Twenty years ago—you'll know the date or the, or the year—former uh, President Fox of Mexico told Jesse Jackson 20-plus years ago, he said, my people— will do the work that even your people won't do, and that the labor economy in the U.S. relies on my people and immigration. And, you know, President Fox took a lot of heat about that. Jesse Jackson was very upset about it. But the problem why it didn't go anywhere because it was so true. The numbers uh, spelled out accuracy and truthful of it. And in 2023, it is a huge part of our economy. It really is, and it's because Corporate America recruits those individuals and we make money and we profit off that cheap labor. And then real quick, I had in my summer house about five years
4: ago, Oh shit! My bad. My bad. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm 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 sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. See that, that? See Scott the bougie moment slipped at my summer the, house. The summer I, house. Yeah, I, did, but the I hired, these, Is I hired the this black style? company to do to paint the outside of my house,
7: and they 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 were taking a week for what should have been two or three days. They were taking long lunch breaks. They were even drinking on the, on the job painting. And so I had a conversation with the black contractor, who I like, and I said, listen, I need to get this done next day or two. He said, well, I have to contract out to some uh, unskilled labor or lower labor. Basically, what he was talking about was South Americans or Central Americans. I said, go get them. Go get them. And I'm not being racist. The next day, 10 of them showed up in a van. I ain't lying. Showed up in a van, couldn't speak English. They had a soccer ball with them and a paintbrush and some paint. And let me tell you something. The youngest was about 10 years old. They were sending him up the ladder to the roof. They got done in 24 to 36 hours. And I had, and then the contractor made me pay more for them versus the labor he was picking up, who were drinking on the job. But my house got done. I paid them. And let me tell you something. They took one break for a half hour. They kicked the soccer ball for a half hour and went back to painting. God bless them.
4: God bless you. I my can't mom. believe Scott just told us that story. No, 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 I don't. No, no, I'm, I'm, the reason I'm glad. To, go to my iPad. Go to my iPad. Right here. Right here. I love my this was in 2006. 2006. Vicente Fox met with Reverend Jackson. No, in 2005. Met with Reverend Jackson. Oh, years.
10: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity Presents
4: Ago. Met with Reverend Jackson when he when he met when he made those comments and and and, and, and let me be real clear, I am not I am not dismissing um, what's happening in Chicago, what's happening in New York City, what's happening in El Paso, what's happening in all, all parts of these countries, but what people need to understand that if you are pissed off at funds that are being disseminated in Chicago and being spent on debit cards in New York then what you should be see what you should be saying is fix the problem which now then require see which now requires you which now requires you to then go okay who is trying to fix the problem oh okay who said i will sign a bill to deal with this, who said, no, don't sign that bill because I needed to run on? So so again, you can be right now angry and emotional about the money being spent uh, and black folks yelling, oh, y'all doing food, you're putting them up in these places, this, that, and the other, and we got needs as well. But you don't want to really speak to what is the fundamental issue is that what we just talked about, America, major corporations, neighborhoods, individuals, y'all don't wanna deal with that shit or not. We as Americans, white, black, and Latino, and Asian, and Native American, we like cheap labor. And those folks, whether they from Venezuela, Nicaragua, Mexico, or whatever, they will work for cheap. And what does Scott say? They took one break and folk like that. So let's stop BSing around this issue. Final comment, um, Rebecca. Well Roland, one thing that I want to point out for the audience, there
8: this is exploitation. This is yes. based upon capitalism and economic in this country. So, exploitation. So what, yes. So, want to be clear, but I also want uh. to talk about where black people fit in this equation when it comes to cheap labor and exploitation. What they do is they over police us. They throw us in prison. And then, for pennies on the dollar, we work for these same corporations when we're locked up in jail. So I want people to understand, like, where it fits. It fits with migrants crossing the border and being recruited by these companies, and then these same companies having contracts with the state of Mississippi, with the state of Nebraska, with the state of Utah, with the state of California, to contract out free labor for those largely Black men. Black young men who are now in prison because they're over-policed and they're targeted. Um, and, you know, it, it's a scheme of exploit of exploitation. So I just want to point out to the audience, this is also a Black issue as well, and it's about exploitation in this country for cheap labor. It's either happening through the prison system or it's happening with yep. undocumented folks crossing the border. Right. Just so we're clear, Same for system. my
7: story, I played market rate. I paid the quote they gave me I paid it, so. I wouldn't exploit them. See, no right way. here. Right here. Hold on. They work, were gonna they child work. Labor.
8: We're going to ignore saying. child labor. We're going to ignore child labor,
7: Scott. No, my, my, Scott know my P-childs needed to be painted. Scott, I'm sorry Don't Scott, be mad Scott, at me. Scott,
4: Scott you told on yourself.
8: Well, your... you could have painted <laughs> it. You could have painted
4: it. <laughs> Scott, you, Scott you told on yourself when you said <laughs> they ran the 10-year-old up and down the ladder. He so now nah, that was child labor. That was child labor. That was hey, that's child labor. People would tell you anything. And, said, and, it, and it. the moment, it, it. In, the mo- in the moment, in the moment, Scott said I paid market rate. You know he was not paying fifteen dollars an hour. <laughs> Whatever they gave me, I paid. Whatever they that's gave me, That's your market rate. Okay, that oh, ain't. That's market that, No, 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 that's no, no. no, no. You no that, that's don't my, you dare judge that, me. That's market Neither rate. One of you all, that's, right? the, that's the don't black you, market I'm rate. Judging. I do the best I I'm judging. I'm judging. I'm trying to help I'm people. Judging I help people and vendors. See <laughs> now, y'all need to understand why that's a problem. It hey, was some other stories I'm gonna get to. I ain't got time to get to them. Uh, let, let, let me think. Yeah, I gotta uh, go too, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I gotta probably, go. yeah. You gotta go after you told your that damn. It's paint your beach house. My summer house story. Well, what? Scott, what, what, wish what, me happy birthday. birthday. Today is
8: my birthday. Wish me happy You're birthday, You because Scott. I'm
4: beautiful. Rebe- and I Scott, love and Scott, I'm Scott. Beach Scott, stop talking. She said, "Wish you happy birthday." Happy birthday. It's my birthday. Happy Thank birthday! How old? Twenty? Twenty-five? You look twenty-five. And, and matter of fact, why you there? <laughs> since you didn't pay them damn migrant workers, why don't you cash app hustle birthday money? I tried. Your, your app don't work. I, I nah. Cash app, app right. Rebecca
8: one nine zero eight. Cash app Rebecca R-E-B-E-K-A-H H one nine zero
4: eight. And Scott, and Scott, her market rate ain't they market rate. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. Uh, Rebecca Scott, Rebecca, happy birthday. Uh, thanks Thank a bunch. Uh, all right, happy y'all. Uh, that's it. That is uh, it for us. Uh, Lord have mercy. Lord, black people, black people, black people. Uh, that is it, y'all. Uh, please support us in what we do. Uh, join our Brenda Funk fan club. Uh, you, of course, uh, the look, look, we cover the stuff folk don't want to deal with. So, your check and money order to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C. 20037 0196 cash app dollar sign rm unfiltered paypal r martin unfiltered venmo is rm unfiltered zale Roland at rolandsmartin.com Roland at Martin uh, unfiltered.com and of course you can also uh, support us i get my book white fear how the Browning of america is making white folks lose their minds available uh, at bookstores uh, nationwide download the black star network app uh, of course, uh, you know where to get that, uh, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung, Smart TV, and watch our 24-hour streaming channel, Amazon News by going to Amazon Fire till Alexa play news from the Black Star Network. Amazon, you can also Plex TV, Amazon Freebie, Amazon Prime Video. Folks, that's it. Let me shout out Lane College. So Lane, uh, that, this is one of the places where y'all know I only wear gear, where I visit. Uh, and so I gave uh, a commencement speech at Lane. Uh, and so Lane was like, yo, Wayne never seen you with gear. I said, y'all ain't sent me none. Uh, so uh, they sent me this, ru- what do you call it? Is this like rubbish, rugby shirt? So uh, shout out to Lane College uh, for sending me this rugby shirt. Uh, I appreciate it uh, and hope to see y'all soon. All right, y'all take care. Holla! Black Star Network is here. Oh, no punch! I'm real uh, revolutionary right now. I
6: thank you for
8: being the voice
4: of Black America. All the
11: momentum
10: we have now, we have to keep this going. The
11: video looks phenomenal. See, there's the difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN.
4: You can't be
11: Black-owned
4: media and be
11: scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home, you dig?